Israel didn't get the heavenly first. They got earth first. We didn't get the earthly. We got the heavenly first. We got the spiritual blessings in heavenly places, Paul Mm -hmm. says. So this is where we're combined. And if you notice in the language in New Jerusalem in Revelation, the 21st chapter, the very next chapter we were just in, that is where the temple itself is made up of the apostles and the 12 tribes. You have representation of the believers in Christ and Israel by blood. That's where we come and we gather together with him and we were with him forever on earth, on the new earth. Because there's a new heaven and new earth. Welcome to Acts 2 and 42. Real discussions, real opinions, real stories and testimonies, real church. All right. Welcome back. Welcome to So we are live. um, And today we are going to actually deal with something pretty interesting. And hopefully it's something that could be really complex. You know, like it says in the the, um, the, the, uh, description, we don't want to get lost in the weeds of complex eschatological theological, philosophical jargon and arguments and conversation, but we just want to fly 30,000 feet over and look out over what's going to happen, you know, just in general, just have a conversation, a discussion of this is what we see, this is what we think um, we should be looking for in scripture and looking for to come. So Sheree's the resident expert. No. (laughs) Tips the glasses. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm going to be learning with you guys today. I'm not, she, I'm not an expert in this field. Before we before we jump in, before we jump in, you know, uh, if uh, whether you're live or whether you're um, watching this after the fact, uh, you know, Sheree always feels like she doesn't have a lot to contribute. And I think from the comments that we've gotten uh, from the audience participation and, and, and opinion, I think it's quite the contrary. I think you guys enjoy her uh, role, her, her conversation, her expertise, her opinions, her views, more so than mine, <laughs> you know, and I'm okay with yeah. that. But there's just been great, great feedback um, for Sheree. And so if you could drop her a, a comment, um, just a little oh, bit of, of encouragement and just let her know, you know, let her know if you appreciate her. And because every every topic we do almost all of it, she's like, uh, I, I don't have anything to say. I don't think it's just a conversation about it. If we were sitting in the house or anywhere, you would talk to me about these things. So nonetheless, let her know, you know, let her know what you think. Put me on blast. That's all right, Dale. <laughs> well, anyone that doesn't second guess doing something like this or second guess speaking on certain topics is, is probably somewhat foolish or has a foolish level of confidence because everyone should have a, a reasonable level of, a, I don't know it that well. You know, I've taken a year to publish one video that I thought I knew very well, but it was just, not second guessing, but really wanted to be sure I, I do my due diligence and what I'm putting out is right. And so anyone that just speaks off the cuff with confidence is is probably hadn't thought it through, you know, so it's it's reasonable. So I don't know. Uh, are you looking forward to this? Uh, I'm looking forward to the, to learning. I'm looking forward to uh, I, She says to learning, but she knows most of this. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to learning. <laughs> I know I know from talking to you that you know far more than the you know average. And that's no disrespect, you know, to anyone listening to the average, but this is why we want to fly over. It's why we want to do an overview and really simplified conversation and not really, really complex because a lot of people start reading or start studying and they derail because they don't understand 
uh, piece of allegory or a certain passage and, you know, they don't know where to place it. So they kind of stop. And so a lot of things we're going to talk about, I think the average viewer, please comment and let us know otherwise, but I don't think they know, but you have a pretty good grasp of it, Shereen. I just, I just don't think, I don't think you realize, you know, you're, you're, you're not as low on the totem pole as far as end time, <laughs> you know, prophecies you think you are. So, um, so we got a couple graphics uh, that we're going to pull up, make it simple. You know, so for those of you listening uh, on iTunes or Spotify or wherever, um, there will be there. Are, there are visuals on YouTube, and um, and you can actually get these. Uh, one of these visuals is a, a chart strand I put together. She made it graphically. Um, thank you. Uh, I think it's very useful, very simple to understand, and um, so it's on Acts two and forty Acts two and forty two dot com. On the online store in the digital section, you can find this chart. Or if you're a member member of the locals group, acts2and42.locals.com, it's actually free to our members. So uh, if you want access to that for yourself, it's actually very, very high resolution. So you could print it out um, pretty decent size and it's going to be crispy. So uh, let's see where to begin. Um, How about this, right? You and I talked about the fact that everyone... The, the conversation we talk about like end times and Jesus coming, what's to come, it's all <clears throat> the tribulation and it's like either pre-trib, post-trib, you know, like tribulation, when is the time of the rapture and all that. We actually want to kind of skim past all that because we don't want to get caught in the weeds and different camps like different things, don't like different things. So what we want to talk about is more so how that plays out like in the end when he returns, uh, what they call the the millennial reign. You know, he returns and there's a thousand year period, uh, millennial reign. And then there's like eternity. What happens in eternity? The forever, you know? So I wanted to use really simple, you know, terms, his coming, the thousand years and whatever happens forever. Is that pretty, pretty simple? So this is a very, very, very oversimplified this is kind of what we're skipping over. This is kind of, you know, uh, what we said we don't want to get tangled up in. But um, real simple, we have what leading up to the millennial reign, the end times, the last days, you know, end times. Uh, we have what we, we will call the beginning of sorrows. Uh, and that's the things that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, for example, that, you know, the end wasn't yet. This was just the beginning of sorrows. But um, then there is a period that is called the Great Tribulation. There's never been such a tumultuous and troublesome period ever, nor will there ever be again. Yeah. Um, there's something. There's a. There's something that we'll call the wrath of God. And I think didn't want to get tangled up in pre-trib, post-trib, like when the rapture happens. But the argument really centers around the idea of separating the tribulation period from the wrath of God. These are two different periods for two different purposes. So there's the tribulation, then there's the wrath that God is pouring out on the world. He's upset with the world. Um, and this is mm-hmm. um, not only what they deserve, but it's to get them to repent. It's like they, this happens and still they don't repent. You know, a third yeah. of the earth is killed and still they don't repent. You know, and it's just like, my God, right. I mean, when will you tap out? You guys are, are relentless, you know, in your, in your sin and in your uh, disbelief. But, um, and then we'll just say the marriage of the lamb. Keep it really simple. So beginning of sorrows, the great tribulation, the wrath of God, and then his coming and the marriage of the lamb. It's really simple, right? Mm-hmm. I would say all this is leading up to the end of the sixth day. Okay. 
If you're not familiar with uh, the 6,000 years prophecy, uh, <clears throat> which is a fundamental um, Jewish belief, it is um, comes from the school of the prophets, the school of Elijah. Um, I have a I have a video that I'll link. Um, the true Sabbath. It's two parts, um, but it's what is the actual Sabbath? What is the seventh day? And this is basically what it breaks down. And again, this is a fundamental um, ancient, you know, Judaic belief. This is not something new that I'm making up right now. My own interpretation of scripture. But so here's the chart that Shrey was so kind to make. Really simple, really easy to understand. There was different ages. It was known by the school of the prophets, school of Elijah, that there were different ages. There's one age, two age, well, one age. The first age was called chaos. The second age was the law. The third age was messianic. And then that goes into um, the last thousand year period. Each age is 2000 years. Mm -hmm. So there was two th roughly 2000 years of chaos, roughly 2000 years of law. Um, then the Messiah came. And then there was like the, the church age or the age of the Messiah, because we now, he has now come to be a savior of the world, right? So there's yeah. 2,000 years of that. At the end of that age, that enters another 1,000-year th period. So 2,000, 2,000, and 2,000 is 6,000. Now, there's still 1,000 years left, right, um, that's going to be for the millennial reign. Now, these were coincided or, or represented by each age, each 2,000-year period, each had two days. Because a day with the Lord is 1,000 years, and 1,000 years is as a day. So one day yeah. in the Lord's time is 1,000 years. So what we have is six days, 6,000 years, okay? And the last year, the last day of this like cosmic or heavenly week, if you will, the last day is the last thousand year period, which is the millennial reign, the rest. Now, if you want to know more about that, we're not going to get into that here. We just have to touch and go. But that's where I literally do a line for line like Bible study video, visuals, all the quotes, um, everything from definitions to scriptures, church fathers, anything that you can find on this to, to map out and walk through why we were given the Sabbath day and what the real, the spiritual fulfilling of the Sabbath really is. And that's this thousand year millennial reign, this thousand year period that, that you know, the martyrs, the believers reign with Christ for a thousand years. After that thousand year period, because that's not the end. That's the end of the week. That's the fulfillment of that one week on the earth as it is, as we know it. The eighth day is a new beginning. Eight represents new beginning, right? Like the first day of a new week. Um, there's a great quote by um, in the Episcopal uh, Barnabas that's, uh, you know, it talks about why the first day of the week was celebrated. That's the day the Lord was raised. And he said, that's the eighth day the day that we look for, because he recognized that this was the day that New Jerusalem, the day that there would be a new heaven, a new earth, that the Holy City would come down and abide with man, and we would live and walk with God, you know, like Adam in the garden. It'd be restored back to how it was supposed to be. So, you know, all, all coinciding, Jesus raised on the first day of the week. They, they uh, celebrated, worshiped, gathered together on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, you know, fundamentally. Um, Saturday is the seventh day, uh, Saturday is the seventh day of our week, you know, as we know it. So anyway, it's, it's important to understand, like when we talk about this and as we, you know, go through what we expect to happen, uh, I mean, Sheree, this is, this is what I see 
when I read Revelation, can you see can you see the part I'm selecting on the screen? Like right at the end of the sixth day? Yeah. So this little part here, that chart that I just showed, that black and red, um, yeah. you know, we the beginning of sorrows, the great tribulation, the yeah. wrath of God, and the marriage of the Lamb, the end times. That yeah. that period. That's somewhere here. That's that's the end of the sixth day. And that's where we stop the conversation. Oh, What's yeah. what's very unfortunate is that's where the conversation tends to get like a like a bottleneck, uh, a stranglehold. It, it can't we can't get past that. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. how that plays yeah. out and whether or not we're raptured, whether or not we're here, who's martyred, who's not. You know, you know. Um, <sighs> there's still two more days. You know, there's still another thousand year period and all these events that, um, quite honestly, is very simple to understand and almost irrefutable if you look at the end of uh, the Book of Revelation. That's the most, to me, that's the most clear, concise, easy to understand, hard to misinterpret part of Revelation is the millennial reign and New Jerusalem. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Like, think about this. Okay. All right. Now, now you guys have this understanding, right? Um, for those of you, again, for those of you listening on iTunes or whatnot, um, definitely want to check out the visual in any of the places I've already mentioned, but um, it goes from the first day of the week, you know, Adam created in the first day. Oh, a little side note. Yeah. If he was to eat the fruit, you know, he would, uh, he would die that day. I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, well, he didn't uh-huh. die that very day. Well, he died that cosmic uh-huh. day, that spiritual day, that heavenly day. Yeah. He died just shy of yeah. a thousand years, 935 years. Yes, the Bible he did. Said, right. Um, yeah. Yep. He died that first day, you know, and if you don't yeah. understand these things, I'll put it like this. If you do understand, it just adds more value. You know, it's not like you didn't get it if you didn't know this, you know? So, but yeah. And this is what I love about this chart. Cause it really puts in perspective. Like I, I, in the Sabbath day video, I mentioned that this whole time period, there was, there was almost 2,500 years from Adam to the law of Moses, where the patriarchs, as we know them, the elders that were faithful in Hebrews 11, it lists all the elders, Abraham, Noah, you know, Enoch, Moses, you know, so forth. They had no law. They had no law, they had no temple, they had no church, no tabernacle, no priest, right? right? And they were found perfect. These are our examples. These are our elders. And then somehow, so the law brings all these things for a reason, and mm-hmm. it, that's explained yeah. in the video. And then, and then in this age, when we're supposed to be restored in the age of Messiah, you know, in, in our church age, when we're supposed to be restored back to the faith of Abraham, we're still stuck on the law. We're still stuck on tabernacles, temples, priests, and robes, and and you know, anyway. Yeah. We did a podcast a while back, um, No Church in the Wild, and do you need uh, the church structure? I forget, the church model. Do you have to have the church model to be a believer? And it's like, well, if we're restored back to the faith of Abraham, no. Because he didn't have that model. And he pleased God. He was called a friend of God by faith. And he pleased God without any of those things. Um. So anyway, a little side note. All right, I'm gonna get something up, but what do you got, Sheree? What are you thinking? I don't, I don't no, know. I'm just honestly, I'm thinking, good Lord, you run out of time. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking in my mind. Like, goodness gracious, it's close. Well, we have no idea, and and I, I really don't want people to get uh, hung up on the um, like the six thousand year prophecy. That the that the Messiah would come after six thousand years. I didn't explain that part, but that there would be a six thousand year period on Earth. Again, it's all in the Sabbath video. Um, 
and then think, well, according to the calendar, well, that should have been the year 2000. Oh, well, well see, that no, should I'm have not been. trying to. I know, be on that but type of time. Okay. we can get hung up. And then, and then, so we think that, well, it can't be accurate because it should have already happened or it should happen any day now. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're sp- like the, the, the scriptures where we get the, like the doctrine of eminency, where the Lord is eminent. He can arrive at any time. That's for a couple of reasons, but that's not so that you try to predict the day or the hour. That's not so you try to say, well, it's any day. And I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm just cautioning someone who may feel like yeah. you and then go a step further and say, well, according, hey, if it's 6,000 years, and we've played that game. We've looked at different calendar systems. The Hebrew calendar is different, which there was a rabbi that changed it back in Jesus' time because he didn't want Daniel's prophecies to be accurate. You know, so their calendar is like 200 years off yeah. or something. Um but nonetheless, um, don't worry about all that. Just understand this is biblical teaching, and we don't know when it'll come. We know the signs of his coming, like the man of sin must be revealed. We did a whole podcast on that. Right. Um, so there's things that we should look for to know, like he said, the, um, the figs on the tree. You can't tell looking at the figs on the tree, looking at the apples or oranges on the tree or whatever it is, um, the fruit on the tree. You can't tell by the signs of the weather. I mean, you can smell the rain, you can feel the breeze, you know a storm's coming. So he gave us similar things to look for. And he said that the day would come upon you like a thief in the night, but it would come like a thief in the night, but it wasn't to come upon you like a thief in the night because you were supposed to know these things. We've talked about that. Yeah. So anyway, what's going on, Bruce? Bruce Bruce is in the comments. So you were saying it feels like these things are uh, close. Yeah. Yeah. Based on that chart? Uh, well, based on that chart and based on me thinking about the first timeline, um, that you had with the red and black, the birth pain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just like, so we in the Braxton Hicks phase of the (laughs) contraction to what? (laughs) That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. Explain what Braxton Hicks are. Okay. So, yeah. Sorry about that, guys. So. When a man and a woman fall in love, it's like I'm playing. Um, when Al Green is playing. Um, right, right. So, uh, <laughs> um, so you have contractions like, you know, when the woman, the woman is like freaking out, the baby's about to come, the, the centimeters are going haywire and, you know, the baby's coming. Not that. Before those type of contractions, there's there's the Braxton Hicks contractions, and they're like mock con- contractions, you know. So your your body's basically warming up, you know, before the real contractions kick in. That's about as basic as I can explain it. Mm-hmm. So they're painful. You feel it, but um, it's just leading up to the to the real contractions, and then of course the birth. But so yeah, isn't that? Um... I think we're in the Braxton phase. Isn't that the example that was given in scripture was the birth pains, <clears throat> like a child yes. and a woman in labor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's what you need to remember. I know we, we've glossed over, you know, the, the, the bad part, the tribulation and what happens there. Um, but that's the birth pain is right. You can testify to this. Any mother can testify to this. That is, you know, almost impossible yeah. to endure in that moment. But the moment after that child, you know, comes in the world, the pain's almost immediately forgotten and there's an overwhelming. Yeah. So that's that, that glorious appearance that, that Titus talks about that 
the day we'll see him and be like him, you know, and be with him. Yeah. Um, that would be, you know, great rejoicing, you know, and, and the pain will be utterly forgotten, you know. And I think our fear yeah. gets caught up on the pain, you know, and like, oh, my God, I don't want this to happen. And we were talking to the kids about it yesterday, yeah. about some of these same yeah. things. Yeah, yep. You know, um, I don't want... I don't want to tell them things and, and, and scare them, but at the same time, like, I mean, this is the teaching of Jesus. Like, this, this is not, like, we're not teaching revelation yeah. to them. I'm teaching what Christ taught, you know? So, yeah. Um, but I want them to know that whatever someone does to harm your body, you know, imagine if it was like, I, I explained it like Mario or something, and you have another life. And it's like, all right, so I, I died on the game, and then, bam, I'm right back in the game again. Yeah. And it's like, so they can kill you dead in the street one day, and then watch you be resurrected and ascend and send into heaven right in front of their eyes. Um, yeah. So in hindsight, it'd be amazing. You know, that'd be, um, but I told him you don't go running after it either. You don't go, you know, zealously yeah. looking to be a martyr and, and picking fights on behalf of the faith. Um, right. Just because, yeah. So anyway, all right. So this is, I wanted to pull this up and I think it coincides with the charts we just showed. I forgot what buttons to press. So one scripture I do want to get that um, regardless of where we are with, you know, what happens in the first few chapters of Revelation and some of the allegory and the timing and trumpets and all that other stuff. One, one thing I don't think you can deny is from the 20, the 20th chapter and the 21st chapter, it creates a timeline that I don't think can be refuted. I think it, it, it shouldn't be, you know? Um, but I think if we pin ourselves to what is, is saying here, and then we look back at typification and we look back at other preaching and teaching and, and so forth, we're going to see that, all right, that's true. No matter what else we thought about what we read in the previous chapters, if that makes sense. So revelation 20, you know, the angel comes down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, and with a great chain in his hand, and he lays hold of the dragon, that old serpent, which is is the devil and Satan, and he bound him for a thousand years. Now, this is after, you know, plagues. This is after uh, um, Babylon, that great city, that great um, uh, idolatrous, wicked, you know, city that God has destroyed. Um, this is after the beast is destroyed and thrown in the lake of fire and the false prophet is destroyed and thrown in the lake of fire. This is like all this is, it's the culmination of all things. It's, it's the end of the sixth day. It's the end of the end times. Okay. Mm-hmm. You with me, Sheree? Any questions? Yeah. Okay. No. So now Satan's bound for a thousand years. Well, ask me this question. If that's the end of everything and we just walk into eternity with Christ and we're with him in heaven because we're raptured and that's it. Why is Satan bound for a thousand years? Yeah. It, it, like, it doesn't make any sense. The story's not over yet. <laughs> like, all right, so so he's bound for a thousand years. The next question is obvious. Well, what happens after the thousand years? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So well, it says- During the thousand years. During the thousand, that's it. That's a great question. You know, um, during the thousand yeah. years, after, the, there's more to this story. This There's not the end. So, yeah. and, and luckily, you know, we get it in Revelation. He answers it, but um, and it says he cast him to the bottomless pit and he shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. Deceive the nations no more. What nations are there to deceive? I thought it was the end of everything. Well, it's not. Yeah. One thing I see, and I look, 
I do not believe I'm guilty of hubris. I don't think I have an exaggerated sense of confidence in my knowledge in eschatology or any theology. I am a student. I am learning. But the people that I most well respect in areas that they've taught this, I can't believe that they read this and they somehow confuse or conflate A, the millennial reign with eternity, and B, Babylon falling with the final battle of Armageddon, the battle in the Valley of Jehoshaphat and all the nations. So they there's two main events, and they make them one. And that's why the, their theologies, it's like making the Great Tribulation and the, the period of wrath, the vials and the plagues, making them one and the same. That's not the same. You have to separate the two and, and understand their different purposes, different events, different time periods. The same thing with these events. Like Babylon falling is not the Lord raining down fire from heaven in the Valley of Josephat. It's not the end end. Am I losing you? This is why uh, I need you, Sheree, because no. I know I, I want it to be over, simplified, overview, uh, and I think it's getting a little thick. Um, no, I was thinking of what you were saying about the plagues and the vials and those, but um, not, what you say, being the same or lining up? I forgot what you just said. Um, but that's, I would, that's irrelevant. No, that's no, a whole no. other conversation. I was saying the tribulation. The tribulation and the wrath is not the same. Oh, okay. When yes. saying plagues and the yes. vials, you know, but tribulation and the wrath. If you if you make those things all one and the same, I think your your doctrine is going to get a little sticky because you're going to contradict yourself in other areas by accident. You're you're, you're going to bump into other scriptures that contradict that mm -hmm. that idea. Um, same thing if you make Babylon falling and the second coming of Christ the same thing as we're going to read it here in a little bit, but the the battle of Gog and Magog and and the nations being gathered together to war against Jerusalem, against God, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. I don't think those two things are the same thing as we can read here. And I think that's great theologians that I respect. They seem to make them the same. And I, I can't for the life of me understand why. So if anyone listening or watching this has that information, please share it with me. But um, So where, where we're at now is, what we're talking about now is, okay, the, the martyrs, they have been martyred. Um, uh, they've been called up. The ones that are left here. He's already come up. to avenge their blood. Yeah. So they've been called up. The ones that are left here are called up. Now we're in this thousand year millennium. Satan's been bound. We're in this thousand year millennium reign. And what that we're talking about now is, okay, what's going on during this thousand years yes. and what happens after he's released? Yes. And that's what we're going to okay. answer right here. So Just recapping. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And um, again, I don't want to get lost in the weeds. And I think you'll be a better representation of that for the listener to let me know if you need to recap or need to say, hold on, that got a little bit sticky. You know, um, mm -hmm. let's slow it down. Just let me know. Um, mm -hmm. But I just want to point out that there, this is not the end. And I see theologians make it one with the same with the end. You know, that's it. And we're in heaven with God and that's it, you know, so, um, so yeah. Um, and it says that he won't deceive the nations again until the thousand years will be fulfilled. So a, that implies there's going to be nations and that a and B he's going to be let loose and he's going to deceive them again. And it's like, wait a minute, what are we doing here? <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. What are we doing here, God? You, you, I, I thought it was it. I thought we were, are we done yet? <laughs> is we done or is we finished? I was going to say it. I was <laughs> I trying to say it. I knew you were. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, he must be loosed, let loose for a little season, for a short time. It says, and I saw thrones. I hate this mouse. Remind me to replace this mouse. Mm-hmm. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them. He saw the thrones and the people that sat upon them, and judgment was given to them, the, the ability to judge, to rule. Mm-hmm. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and had not worshipped the beast, neither the image. See, all that's done and over with. Um, neither mm-hmm. had they received the mark upon their foreheads or their hands. They lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Same time period. Same time period that Satan's bound for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These martyrs, Christians, live and reign with him and rule over the earth for a thousand years, the seventh day of rest. They are with him in the seventh day, that thousand years. And it's and it's a type of rest because there is no Satan. There is no adversary. You understand? There is no conflict. There is yeah. no... Um, yeah. But the rest of the dead did not live again until after the thousand years. See, uh, until the thousand years were finished. So again, we have something happening after the thousand years. Mm. You all right? I don't know. I, I don't know why I never really caught that before. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay, so uh, the martyrs reigning with Christ but he and he took those that were still living with him too then too right yes that was <clears throat> him so okay, this is an area that can get can get a little sticky you know this area that can get a little bit people can see it different ways but what I th- I believe that it's saying see if we keep reading the final judgment down further that's where all the dead are raised. The sea gives up the dead. The earth give up the dead. All the dead that have died are raised again. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So the rest of the dead did not live again, had not come back to life, had not been yeah, resurrected still until in the hell. thousand years were finished. They're still dead. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Technically. Yes. Um, it depends. See, hell is different. whatever you want to call it. I don't know. There's, there's, um, like not, I think I think maybe it's hellfire. Um, at the at to remind myself or, or sharpen up, but there is the grave, and then there is the lake of fire. You understand? Okay. Okay. But so there, there are some the that's dead. That's, yes. And that are just dead in hell, and then there's some that are just dead. No, but they we'll did see. die as martyrs. I'm sorry if I'm making it confusing. I'm just trying no, to understand. If, if you're confused, then it's a possibility the general audience is confused. So I don't have a problem with it at all. I'm probably with any questions. Um, and not to get stuck on this too much, but yeah, Abraham's bosom. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. This wasn't, Jesus didn't just talk about it. I think um, uh, Josephus, the, the Jewish historian, wrote a whole section to explain uh, to the heathen you know, the truth about the afterlife, you know, and, and there being a gulf that separates the dead. There's one that's on one side, one on the other. And Jesus actually goes a step further and says that, the, you know, 
for a child of God, they're in the arms of, of Abraham. They're in the arms of the father. You know, they're comforted. And for the unbeliever, you know, that's why he says, and Paul says that we sleep in Christ. You know, the, de- the, uh, the dead in Christ sleep. So we're sleeping in the Father's arms just waiting for the trumpet to sound to wake us back up. That's all. And so we're all in Hades, I guess you'll say, in the underworld. But w- there's a gulf, and one of us is not tormented. There's a group that's in torment. There's a group that's actually resting. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Okay. Now, as okay. far as a group that's resting, the dead in Christ, and and there may be something else to be said about this, but the dead in Christ rise at the last trumpet, which I believe at this point has already happened. The last trumpet has sound. The dead in Christ yes. rise first, and those yeah. which are alive yeah. meet Christ in the air. He's coming in the clouds, and they meet him okay. in the air. Right? Uh-huh. So uh-huh. not just martyrs. And this is something we've talked about, It, but it specifically says those that um, were beheaded. Were beheaded. I understand that, but I also believe that it's anyway. You're reading something. Yeah, <laughs> I can see you wording it, so I didn't want to. Okay, just reading it over. All right. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, the rest of the dead doesn't live again for the thousand years. Like the final judgment has not happened. So he says, this is the first resurrection. What has already happened? The last trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise. That is the first resurrection. There is a second resurrection. Okay. That's when all the dead are brought back to life to, to stand before the throne. Yeah. It says, blessed and holy is he that, ta- that, that has part in the first resurrection on part. such the second death has no power. Like you can die and go to the grave, but not the eternal yeah. death. Okay. Yeah. So, but they, the people that were resurrected first, the Christian, they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So we're in this thousand year period. The the general dead that weren't Christian, right? They haven't been raised. Only Christians, Jew, Gentile, believers in, in, in Christ have been raised to be with him, both dead and alive. They reign with him for a thousand years. In that time, Satan is bound. The nations are nations that, to my understanding, survived the wrath of God for whatever reason. Because, you know, it would say in certain parts, a third of this was killed. A third of that was killed. So something is left. And it's obvious by the language here. A third. There are nations, <laughs> there are nations yeah. still here. There are people, ethnos, different, different groups of people um, that are not Christian. Um, I would, I would believe that, that the, um, the, the 144,000 is sealed. That is representative of the actual tribes and lineage, right? Of Jacob, of Israel. So these are these are Israel by blood. They are sealed and protected so that these these anything that happens, these plagues and vials don't hurt them. So they don't see it until after Christ has revealed himself. At that point, whether Jew or Gentile, anyone that believes in him that is saved is raised from the dead to be with him and reign for a thousand years. Now, I don't think the Jew makes it at that point, the Jew that has not already received him. But then once he appears and once he does that work, you know, puts in that work, 
Okay. That's when they see him. That's where they follow the 144 follow him wherever he goes, and he sealed and protected him. So it says, don't touch the earth. Don't touch the sea. Don't hurt anything. This is in the end times. Don't pour out plagues yet until I've protected my people, like the Passover yeah. in Egypt. I don't want this yep. to hurt my people, but they're going to be there to witness it. I think we're going to be there to witness a lot of it, if not all yeah. of it. Um, so Israel is one of those nations that, that's living on earth for the thousand years. Israel as a nation, Israel as a people. Um, now, at this point, they know who the Messiah is. They know who he is. They know he come. They know that he has come and they know that he reigns. Okay. And it's important to understand that, you know, Paul says all of Israel shall be saved, right? This is one reason why they're saved from, from the wrath of God, period. They're saved from the wrath of God. They will ultimately be with yeah. him. But see, there, this is something a couple church fathers, Barnabas might've been one of them, uh, Tortillian, maybe another, but they point out that, you know, there's two covenants, the old and the new. And the people of the old covenant were like Deuteronomy 28. They were given earthly blessings, earthly possession. If you do this, I will give you things. I will give you that, which Jews are, you know, tend to be very, very uh, um, blessed people when, when they act appropriately, I guess, you know, when they do well. Um, but they were promised earthly things first and then the spiritual. We were given spiritual things first and then the earthly. And I'll, and I'll explain that, you know, as we go along. So they don't get heaven yet. They don't get God and heavenly and spiritual yet. They're going to remain on the earth, but they were protected through all the troubles. Have I lost you? Okay. Nope. Okay. When the thousand years is over, Satan is let free. He will go out and deceive the nations that are in the four corners of the earth, in every place on the earth. Gog and Magog, and gather them together. These are two nations. It's in Ezekiel 38, I believe, 37, 38. Uh, it talks about that as well. Um, and he gathers them together to battle. Again, I think it's Joel, the fourth chapter, I think, um, talks about the battle in the Valley of Josephat. I think this coincides. I think... Um, Zechariah might talk about it, but anyway, um, to gather together to battle the number who is the sand of the sea, a multitude of people. And they went up, they went up on the, the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints and the beloved city. So they went to Jerusalem and surrounded Israel. Again, they're still on the earth. Evidence right there. They're still on the earth. Saints is a very vague term, so you don't know who it's talking about at different times because it just means holy ones. You know, it just means holy people. We are called saints in the New Testament, but Israel is also known as the, the holy people, you know, especially in this context. So it says, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. See, I don't know how People make arguments. I don't know if you know this. People make arguments that the lake of fire or hellfire is what Jesus, when Jesus said hellfire, he mentioned uh, a, a Greek uh, word called Guyana. And it was a, like a trash heap, a trash dump on the outside of uh, town where they burned all the trash. And it was just a terrible, terrible place that just burned and smoltered all the time. And that's, that's how he let them know this is where you're going. And we call it the lake of fire, but that's hellfire, Guyana. 
But they make it seem like, oh no, well you're burned and you just don't exist anymore. It's not forever and ever. But it says right here, they're tormented night and day, forever and ever. Forever <laughs> like, and ever. Okay. I don't know how we do that, but okay. Um, so then here comes the final judgment. Okay, so we had the thousand year period, right? Do I have to go back to the chart? <laughs> um, we'll recap. We'll recap after this. So here's the final judgment after that. Um, after that battle, God rains down fire, um, judges uh, Satan permanently, and sends him to the lake of fire where the beast and the false prophet are. And I saw a great white throne. The next thing he sees is a great white throne and him that sat upon it from whose face the earth and, the, and heaven fled away. And there was, no, there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things, which were written in the, in, in the books according to their works. The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in it. So everyone that was in the grave. Um, I, I used to wonder, like, you know, okay, so I thought that, I mean, everybody was called up that was good. So are everybody here automatically getting thrown in the lake of fire? Like, uh, how does this work? Like, I'm just saying, I used to think that, like, because it says death and Everyone hell, here? But you already called the... You thought everyone here was, yeah. was thrown in the lake of fire? Death and hell. The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead. So those, the dead. And they were judged according to their works. So mm -hmm. I used to think that so that all of them were going to the lake of fire. But well, I don't know. Like, like the term judge doesn't mean condemned. It means that's what I was about to say. Balance. Yeah, yeah. He weighs in the balance. Yeah. You know, how you live, yeah. what you did. Do you deserve death or not? Um, right. And I think that makes sense. If, if in fact, as we're saying, you know, um, there are any righteous dead, if it's previous, you know, Jewish people that have passed and that were, that were lived righteous on earth and followed the law, whatever the case may be. But if there's any righteous dead, he's judging according to their works. Yeah. And death and hell was cast into the lake of fire. So now death is gone. Hell is gone. Doesn't exist. The underworld, Tartarus uh, is the Greek yeah. term. This is the second death. Remember he said, if you were part of the first resurrection through faith in Jesus Christ, if you're part of that first resurrection, second death has no power over it. And, and you're not even judged according to your works because you had forgiveness. You understand? So it's not on your merit. It was on yeah. his. You, you, we go in on his back through faith in him. So right. not to make it like sneaking in, but you know, we slide in the back yeah. door with him. He had the VIP pass, hmm. you know, so we, <laughs> so um, I'm with him. Yeah. Yeah. And whosoever was not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So that is the end of the week. That is the seventh day, the end of the seventh day. That's what happens at the end of the seventh day. Just like the end of the sixth day is end times, great tribulation, wrath of God, Babylon falling. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Need to go back? No. Wrath of God, end of sixth day. And then the stuff we just saw, mm -hmm. Satan bound for a thousand years. The church reigns for a thousand years. After that, right here, that battle, that war, fire from released heaven. Released again. Yep. Okay. Satan's released, gathers uh -huh. up the nations. They surround Israel. Uh -huh. 
That's where that battle happens. I think people make that battle like in the end times. All the wars, yeah. I, I don't know. I know Israel and the church are persecuted. I know that. You know, so I don't argue with that. But that great battle, I think, happens after the thousand years, according to what we just read. So now, okay. judgment has been made. It's crazy. Something epic, something epic keeps happening at the end of every age. Mm-hmm. Even here, even at the end of uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking law at. Age, yeah. You know. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. And what was here before Abraham? Babel. Right. I mean, obviously the yeah, flood, I, I but that think... happened a little further back, right? That happened yeah. like in the second day. This the after a thousand years. It was it was more than a thousand years uh, from creation. To the, yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. right before, like uh, Abraham, Abraham lived during the period of of uh, Babel. Sorry, I couldn't get it out. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. And and again, if you're looking at the chart, this is why we say we're in the last days. This is why the Bible talks about the last days, the fifth and the sixth day. The last two periods of a thousand years, the last two thousand years or two days to God, the last days. That's not mistaken with the last days, like the end times persecution. I'm highlighting it, you know, end times and the Antichrist. That's not the last days. Um, Was it the last minutes? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So let's go back to this. You see this? So again, this was the end of the sixth day what I'm highlighting beginning of sorrows, the great tribulation, the wrath of God. And then that segues into the, tr- the seventh trumpet and our marriage of the lamb. We're gathered together with him, right? That enters into that, or that, that takes us into that. So now mm-hmm. after that, we had the millennial reign for a thousand years. After that, Satan's loosed and gathers the nations, right? Mm-hmm. We have that battle. Mm-hmm. After that, we have final judgment. And after that, that's the good part. That's the eighth day, the day we look for. The new heaven, the new earth, and new Jerusalem. And that is where Israel didn't get the heavenly first. They got earth first. We didn't get the earthly. We got the heavenly first. We got the spiritual blessings in heavenly places, Paul mm-hmm. says. So we got spiritual gifts. Spiritual callings, theirs were earthly. So this is where we're combined. And if you notice in the language in New Jerusalem in Revelation, the 21st chapter, the very next chapter we were just in, that is where the temple itself is made up of the apostles and the 12 tribes. You have representation of the believers in Christ and Israel by blood. That's where we come and we gather together with him and we were with him forever on earth, on the new earth. Because there's a new heaven and new earth. Because the first one, after all yeah. those events, notice he rained down fire. Mm-hmm. He rained down fire to end that battle. The earth is is burned. Do I have to get that scripture, at Peter? Scorched earth. He went scorched earth on him. Mm-hmm. Hey Lee, what's going on, man? Yeah, hopefully not too deep. I mean, I don't know how long you've watched, but um, trying to trying to keep it real simple, man. Keep it real simple. And I think if we understand the big picture, 
uh, in the overview, then when we read, we're going to see it. You know, we're going to be able to put the pieces in the right place. It's like um, putting a puzzle together, you know. You know, how would you put a puzzle together if no one showed you the big picture, if no one showed you what that puzzle should look like ultimately? And you're looking at pieces, you don't really know where it fits too good um, as you would or as well as you would if um, if you had saw the picture along the way. I'm getting the scripture. Sheree, anything you want to you want to add as far as what you see, what you think about or, or questions? Um. I'm excited to read about this next part. <laughs> uh, what's, what's that? Uh, if you would go in, but to New Jerusalem, New Earth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. New heaven. Um, I have a question. Yeah. I don't know if it's relevant, but like when it's uh, new heaven, what is that? New heaven. Like new heaven, like where the birds are, or new heaven where heaven used to be <laughs> i don't know i mean i don't think it really specifies it's just a thought i have well well heaven thought. heaven is all of them so i you, you know you can make the argument yeah there's three heavens there's the air where the birds fly and then there's higher than that and then there's the yeah. third heaven um where god abides you know, his, you know, the heaven, heaven, wherever he is and, and his angels. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Paul mentioned that in Second Corinthians 12 chapter, you know, he, uh, he had spoke to the man that was called up to the third heaven who had been taken to the third heaven. Um, so, and I think that's, that's in likeness to the temple. There was three sections of the temple and the third was the Holy of Holies. The third section that had a curtain that, you know, only one person was able to go, the high priest, when Jesus is the high priest, according to Hebrews. He's able to go to the mm. Holy of Holies so that we're able to have access because he's gone. So, yeah. Um, I, I, so I can see heaven. I can see heaven being both because heaven, new heaven and new earth. Well, what heaven and what earth did he create in the beginning? He created earth and then he created the heavens. And we know that that's later broken down to three sections. I'm going to assume it's all of them. I, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know why. I don't know that we need to, but it is a, you know, something to chew on. That makes sense. Why? Why? Um, why'd you ask? Just curious. Yeah, and I think it's you know, I won't say fun to read like it's something entertainment, but it's nice being refreshed or reminded of that uh, reward. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering. So I pulled up Second Peter three. Um, 10th chapter, and this, well, let's go back. Let's go back, let's go back, let's go. We went a little too far. So he said, knowing this first, in the third verse, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, their own desires, and saying, where is the promise of this coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continued as they were from the beginning of creation, which is kind of false, because there was a flood. (laughs) You know, all things were destroyed once in a flood. Um, for this, they willingly are ignorant that by the word of God, the heavens of old and heaven standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water. He's, Peter's pointing out the same thing I just said. Perished. No, no, no. They're, they're willingly being ignorant of the global flood that destroyed everything. But the heavens and earth, which are now, 
by the same word are kept in store and reserved unto fire for fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. The day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant in this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. I think this is um, uh, maybe Psalm 24 <clears throat> that he's quoting. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some male men count slackness, he's not just nonchalant and negligent, just forgetting the time, but is long-suffering. He's being patient. He's enduring you. He's enduring me. He's enduring the world and the mess that we do and not willing that any of us should die and perish, but should come to repentance. So do we see people saying, eh, they keep saying it's the end. I mean, a little bit of recency bias. They, mm-hmm. The world goes on as it is every other day, you know, and nothing's ever happened. Well, something has happened. <laughs> You're ignoring something has happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Globally and locally, you know, because um, I think they've, have evidence of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, so a local day of judgment by fire and a typification of the end, you know, an example, a shadow that God gave was Sodom and Gomorrah. And Jesus always referenced the flood in Sodom and Gomorrah when he's talking about the last days, right? So he gives two examples, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, he rained down fire from heaven and it was scorched earth and it was gone almost forever that anthropology had a hard time finding, you know, any any residue of it. Uh, which I think they have, but um, but anyway, 10th verse. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fi- with fervent heat and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. See, this is why I think it's all one event. Like when he avenges Israel, right? When the, and after the thousand year reign, Satan's loosed again and he gathers, he uh, tempts the nations to, to go gather around Israel to attack Israel. And it says that God rains down fire, right? And I think this is one of the same. And just like the Hebrew boys in the fire, you know, whether it's us not bowing to the statue, that applies to that typification wise, like us not taking the mark and bowing to the image, um, but also yeah. the fact that you can be preserved in fire, you know, so he can burn up the whole earth with Israel okay. remaining and then bring down the holy city once it's the new earth that he's made it yeah so seeing that then 11th verse all these things shall be dissolved what manner of person ought ye to be in all holy conversa- conversation and, and godliness looking forward and hasting unto the coming of the day of god wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved so he'll light up <laughs> the heavens and the elements shall melt with fervent heat nevertheless we, according to the promise, look for new heavens and new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherein dwelleth righteousness. All right, so let's go. Um, you want you wanted a New Jerusalem, right? You want to read it? I don't be the only one reading. Half illiterate as it is. So this, all right, Sheree, eighth day, right? Now we're in the eighth day. Yeah. New heaven. New earth, it's been burned up. All the nations burned up in fire trying to battle Israel after Satan was bound for yeah. a thousand years and re-released. Yeah. And white throne judgment has happened. All the dead are raised. 
Death, yeah. the grave, Satan, everything's thrown in the lake of fire and he's burned everything. Heaven, earth, everything's been burned. Kind of like the flood, destroyed to recreate and replenish the earth and start over. Um, and here, enter Revelation 21, New Jerusalem. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. You're and the sea also. Sorry. Sorry. How's this? Good. And this, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Can I drop a, a hint for somebody, you know, I might do that on the locals channel. I don't know. Um, some, sometimes we do things and we just put it on the locals group for our supporters there and, and members of that group. But um, I may do that there, but you know, like we said, the reason why I wanted to do an overview of this and was to not get tangled up in complexities and in the weeds of like the antichrist stuff and, and when the rapture happens and then we get bottlenecked and stuck you know, and don't really get further because we don't understand the first part. How can we understand the second or third? Um, but one issue, Sheree, that we've had fundamentally had that we had that we realized over the years was, and a lot of teachers teach this way that revelation is chronological. You know, some teach it as chronological order. Yeah. Like it's this, then that, then this, then that, then that. That's completely false. Some say, well, no, you take the first, you know, 11 verses and then the second 11 verses and you overlap them. And because they saw patterns of, like that, that intersect, you know, that are, there's a correlation between this event and this. So some take the first half and the second half and say, bam, do that. And then you get a better chronology. And I'm going to say, even that's wrong. These are visions. Some, these are a series of visions that are being rolled out. Right. And you have to treat them like that. We want to make a graphic or some kind of visual where you can see it as a picture. He saw this. And you're going to see basically what he describes. And then he saw this. And then so in this, in the book of Revelation, there's X amount of visions that he's describing. And they will have to be somewhat overlapped because there's a correlation with these series of events and so forth. But it's, it's, it's hard to do. But one fact, one piece of evidence that I can show you right here. Revelation 7 chapter, he gathers the 144,000 together, seals them, right, in their forehead, right? Um, before the plagues are poured out, so they're not harmed. And then we hear about this great multitude, and, and they're in heaven, and there's no more crying, and there's no more tears, and there's this, that, and that. Like, this is all New Jerusalem language. It's not, it's not, he's not saying this is what happened next. He's, he had a vision of this group of people. In this vision, he had a group of this group, and then there was that group. Yeah. That group is the one that I'm saying when that trumpet sounds, if, they're, if they died or if they're alive, they go up. Okay. The other group is preserved on the earth. And inherits the earth first before getting, you know, through that thousand year period. But anyway, that's just language right there. You can see that's New Jerusalem language. That's that's what that's the ultimate end. This is their ultimate end. There'll be no crying. There'll be no tears. You know, so forth. But you can pick up little pieces like that. So anyway, 
So I hope that was helpful. I hope I didn't derail. Mm. Can we keep reading? Sure. All right. Can you move it up some? I'm actually reading it from here. Or scroll down. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down. For what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will freely, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all the blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers. Is that beta males? Them. At the beta male and the simps? The cowards, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Here. Go ahead. Murderers, uh, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, <clears throat> excuse me, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning liars. sulfur. Mm -hmm. Liars. That seems like a small offense. Anyway, go ahead. So their fate is in the this fiery is, lake of burning sulfur, the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. The second death. Then one of the seven angels who held the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues came and said to me, come with me. I will show you the bride, the wife mm -hmm. of the lamb. Mm -hmm. Now, for those who don't know, bowls and vials are one and the same. A vial is the same. The seven bowls, the seven vials, seven last plagues. So one of those angels who had... I didn't know that. I don't think I knew that, so yeah. thank you. Yeah. 99% sure. So Fact check me on that. Um, but yeah, okay. Come with me and I'll show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. Where's the bride? Okay. So he, so he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God is shown with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone. It's shown with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like Jasper, as clear as crystal. The city, the city wall was broad and high and the 12 gates guarded by 12 angels. And the names of the 12 tribes of Israel were written on the gates. So you have this holy city, right? The spirit took him to a high mountain and he looks over and he sees this holy city in Jerusalem, right? And it descended, came down. Remember, remember something about I'll prepare a place for you? Remember something about that? Um, it comes down from God, from heaven. And it says it's shown with the glory of God, right? Uh, sparkled like a precious stone, like Jasper, clear as crystal. Um, broad and high walls with 12 gates, 12 gates, and each gate is guarded by an angel. The names of the gates were written, each tribe of Israel, right? <clears throat> there were three gates on each side, north, south, east, west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations of stone. So the foundation of them, right? Uh, and on them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So the foundation. The foundation is the apostles and prophets, right? Who is the chief cornerstone? For those that don't know, 
Um, that's not just a fancy biblical word. Chief cornerstone is the first stone that you set in the corner that you uh, plumb and square the whole building on. So it's going to be level this way, and it's going to be straight in the in you know the x-axis, y-axis, and everything. Um, it's not going to be sloped up and down this way, or it's not going to be crooked, winding in and out. You set the first one right, and everything built on the first one. So he's the chief cornerstone. He's the basis of all of it, and then he establishes the 12, and everything else is built on the 12. The angel who talked to me uh, held in his hand a, a uh, gold measuring stick to measure the city, and it gives the measure measurements of the city. Um, it talks about all the precious stones. Um, not going to get into all that. Uh, and I saw no temple in the city. No temple. Huh. No temple. We just did podcasts. about no need for the church model. And I was saying that, you know, if you look at the chart that we shared, the blue one, uh, the biblical ages, when you go to the age of chaos, the first 2000 years, you know, from Adam to Moses, but you know, to Abraham, let's say, these are our patriarchs. These are our founders of the faith, our most, you know, perfect and holy examples of what it is to walk with God. And this was before the law. This was before tabernacle. This was before temple. This was before priestly orders and any of that. Sabbath days, you know, any of that um, as law, you know, obviously there was a seventh day of the week, you know, but there was no temple. Enoch had no temple, wasn't circumcised, didn't observe the Sabbath, yet he walked with God and was not because he was perfect. He was taken. Like Noah found just and righteous, uncircumcised, inobservant of the Sabbath, didn't follow a law, didn't have a priestly order, didn't have a temple, but none of those things. And if, we, if we're in Christ and we're told that the temple, that our body is a temple because that's where the Spirit of God abides, you have to realize that's, that's what the, the, the temple was, the place where God lived. <laughs> and people treat the church like the place where God lives today. No, 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 no. We don't have a building where God lives. We are the building. And that's why we ought to, people say, oh, you're going to tell, you know, lie in church or you're going to do that in church. Are you going to do it at all? Like we should be, it's, it's a crazy phrase to say, because we, um, Corinthians, the sixth chapter, I think, talks about us being the temple of God. And that's why there should be no fornication. There should be no idolatry. There should be no iniquity of any kind, weakness, infirmity in the flesh that we should, you know, repent of and purify ourselves daily to, to like the cleansing rituals that the priests used to have to deal with anything in the temple. You know, we have to remain as clean as we can. We have to purify these things. Um, so anyway, that we we are the temple now, but in here, so we're in New Jerusalem, and there's no temple. The Lord your God Almighty, the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb, the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need for the sun or for the moon. And... and Anyway, for the glory of God illuminates the city, right? The glory of God is the light that illuminates, uh, excuse me, illuminates the city and the lamb is the light thereof, right? The nations will walk in its light and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there is no night. So there's no sun, there's no moon. And if you look at Genesis, why they were created, it was to tell the times and seasons. The sun tells you if a day has gone by, the moon tells you if a month has gone by, and the stars tell you if a year has gone by. 
Well, if there's no sun, no moon, well, then there's no end of the day, right? So the gates never close. There's no, there's no, uh, it's not, day's not over. All the nations will bring the glory and honor to the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry, dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hey, Sheree. Hey, I'm trying to read real quick on what we missed. Sorry, it's my papa. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, um so I, I skipped over. I just I just was explaining, just to recap. Mm-hmm. The the twelve tri- tribes were the names of the twelve tribes written on the gates, and twelve angels guarded them. An angel guarded every gate, and the gates are called the names of the tribes. The foundation stones, there's 12. And on them were the names mm-hmm. of the apostle, apostles of the Lamb. And I explained mm-hmm. that Jesus is the chief cornerstone, the first one that everything else is set off of. And then the apostles are the rest, which make up the foundation. Everything else is built mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. But see, this shows unity. This shows, you know, the Christian coming together with the Jew. This shows Jacob and Esau, the, the older brother and the younger brother, being rejoined. You know, mm. trying to think of other typifications, but this is us, the, the the natural olive branches and the wild olive branches coming together, you know, kind of. But this is they got they got earthly first, and then this is them inheriting heavenly. They finally get to be in the presence of the heavenly. We got to be in the heaven mm. for a thousand years before this happened. Gotcha. So I skipped over the measuring stick. We're not going to get into that right now and all the precious stones. But then I was explaining that there was no temple. The Lord, God Almighty, and the Lamb is the temple. There was no sun or moon. Um, that God illuminates the city and the Lamb is its light. The nation walks in this light. And the kings of the earth will enter the city in all their glory. And the gates will never be closed because there's no end of day, because there is no night, because there is no sun and moon. There's no need. There's no nothing. There's just light. It's him. Right. And we live with him. Man, I even have questions about this paragraph. <laughs> but I don't I won't go into it. You can ask it. We might not go into it, but you can ask it. All right. Well, my question, um, sitting as I need for sun and moon, glory to God, and it's like nations walking in light. Who are the kings of the world? Um and nothing evil will be allowed to enter or nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty. Is that because they're all in the lake of fire or is there someone lingering out those gates? <laughs> but that's it. That's all I'm thinking. Well, it's probably something we should avoid because it's not. Um, yeah, true enough. 30,000 feet over, you know. Um, but I can't resist. <laughs> so, but I must. Um, but I must. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> think of funny jokes, inside jokes. You know. Um, yeah. Let, let's not. Let's not. Let's not. Um, so I do want to go back. And this is it, folks. <laughs> this is this is what we wanted to go over. This is the forever. 
you know, we just got done talking about the New Jerusalem, how it comes down, what it's made of, and it's all of us, all of God's people, the the children of the first covenant, the children of the second covenant. Um, we talked about the thousand year period and and how that starts and how that will end, and we talked about what we're looking to today, which is the end of the sixth day, the end of this this age, leading into the millennial reign and how that will happen. Man, it's crazy. I, I, I really wanted to do this because I don't think this part is talked about enough. No, I never hear it talked about. If, Almost if, never. If you're listening later on iTunes um, and you're connected with us anyway, please, I don't know, somehow. Uh, I'm interested in YouTube viewers, but also iTunes. Like, like For people that are listening, if what we just said as far as the millennial reign in New Jerusalem, seventh and eighth day, you know, things that are coming, I mean, did you know this stuff? Had you heard this stuff? Whether whether you agree or not, I mean, had you even heard it? Um, or how much How much do we even talk about this stuff, man? Mm. Like we spend so much time talking about ties. I was just about to say, I hear more prosperity preaching than anything. Well, if that's If I do the, hear that's... anything about end times, it's wrong. Most of the time, not every single time. But, See, you, you still, you're still saying end times. I'm saying well, let's get, let's even look past uh, the end times. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm talking about in general. If I yeah. hear anything about any of the end towards the end of the age or ages, whatever, right? I never. It's usually wrong. I'm glad you did this. I'm, I'm glad I came on here. I wasn't going to, <laughs> but I'm glad I did. Even I got some clarity on a few things. Well, I, I really do hope someone had commented like, man, it's uh, getting deep or something, uh, deep stuff. Yeah. I hope not. I, I, re- I hope it's deep in a good way. I hope it's deep in a good way. And I hope it's not too much to where it's, it's um, like, I think we kind of got a couple places, got, got, we started getting there, um, mm-hmm. which hopefully validates why we, we wanted to do it, this simplified overview because you end up getting too tangled up. And then for the sake of time, if nothing else, you either get discouraged or you run out of time. So it's like we never really get any further. And I want really people to know the seventh day. I want them to know the eighth day. I know I want them to look forward to these things, you know, understand them. And I know when it became clear to me, it, it was it was super valuable. You know, it just was of immense value, you know, to my faith. Um, so, but there's things that don't make sense. If you have the typical model of, you know, the end times model, you're doing certain things where it doesn't make sense. Why is he, so he locks them up for a thousand years and lets them go again? What? Yeah. 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 And hold on, but Babylon is destroyed here. And then here they're battling against Israel yeah. again and raining down fire. What's going on? I, I don't get this. When I first, there was certain like before I was rooted in here, um, there were certain things in the Bible that would come up and I'd be like, what? Is this a game to you? <laughs> what is mm-hmm. going on? Like Job and God, I mean, not Job, Satan and God sound like they're making wages on people's lives and freaking um, hearing like this, like Satan's bound up and things are great. And then he's let loose again. I'm like, yo, what is going on? So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, man, oh man. Well, we are working on um, some graphics 
some visuals. Uh, yeah. Sheree says she's going to put those together. Uh, we put the information together and then she kind of makes the design, you know, but um, to help people visualize, you know, there's a lot out there. I think that there's, there's some that are good, some that are bad and some of it we want to deal with. I don't think that, that it really exists, but also for the more systematic, the more, the, the more that, it's not just trying to get the, the picture in their, their head, but the one that's trying to study the scriptures. I'm trying to put together a spreadsheet that connects type typifications. So you will know that when this happened at the flood, there's a correlation with that in this end time prophecy or event that's going to take place. When this happened with Sodom Gomorrah, that's that's a typification of this. Joseph in Egypt, that 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 goes here. Solomon, you know, whatever it is, go throughout the Bible, um, that goes here. So you just have to realize that a lot of these prophecies, like uh, Joel, you know, the book of Joel, for example, I think it's the second chapter that he talks about the last days, you know, and he, he's actually talking about, uh, no, second chapter, third. Anyway, um, it's Acts, the second chapter, where I'll, I'll pour up my spirit, sons and daughters shall prophesy. Well, he's Peter in Acts, the second chapter, is quoting Joel. And that's in the last days. Remember the chart, the last two days the fifth day and the sixth day, that we're in the last days. When Peter's saying that, he is in the last days. So it's important to understand that these visions, especially in the Old Testament prophets, they had visions of the last days, which are events that two, 3,000 years, events that could have happened to Peter in Jerusalem and events that happened, you know what I mean, yeah. in the end, in the Antichrist in Jerusalem, you know, 2,000 years later, and then the millennial, and then... The final judgment. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much, and we can't, you can't view it. It's just a vision of pieces, of things that they say will happen. Not necessarily, here's one event that happens all in the same 10 minutes. And that's how we read it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. So, it's the same thing with Revelation. But we already, we already went over that. So, all right. Um, man, I think we're going to do more uh, on actual end times you know, the trumpets, you know, things like that. For those, if you want to understand this, you know, communicate best you can. If you want something, then then God knows we'll make time for it. But if people are like, no, nah, yeah. I kind of get it. I kind of get it. I have more questions about, like I know um, one sister, you know, had questions about communion or, or other things. And hey, we can put that on the, the back burner and we can jump on this, you know. Um, but if you want to hear more about, okay, Keith, I, I see the overview you guys have. What about these other pieces? How do they fit into that? you know, um, the six seals and, and the trumpets. And what does that mean? You know, if you want to go, if you want us to go over that stuff, uh, it can get a little dicey, but well, we can make time and do that and um, best we can. So, uh, Sheree got it, man. She got it. We're going to get off here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Acts1242.com for more. And for those that want to link up, whether it be prayer, whether it be, you know, something more in-depth, private, private live chats, private conversations, whatever it may be, these charts for free, discounts on merch, you know, whatever it is, that's it. Acts1242.locals.com. Locals is a algorithm-friendly Patreon, Facebook, social media style uh, platform that's free and paid members if you want to support. Um, but that's where we share additional things that, dude, we got flagged for several things. I mean, this channel is getting ready to come down, you know, for real. And I know one yeah. had recommended making another channel and that's like, you know, kissing your cousin. I don't know. It's just like, all right, you beat me once. So let's try this again. You know, um, I would rather just behave on here 
and then misbehave, <laughs> you know, in YouTube terms on our locals. So things that just learn, you can't say certain things, or at least you can't say two things in the same conversation. You can say one, you just can't say both. So, but that's why we have the other ones. Anyway, that was a crazy closing, but thank you for okay. listening. All right, <laughs> end of stream. <laughs>